The stars at night are big and bright. Deep in the heart of hockey. Hi, I'm Carolyn. And I'm Marin. And this is Deep in the Heart of Hockey, a podcast about the Dallas Stars, fancy stats, and top of the NHL shenanigans. <laughs> I mean, not the literal actual top, but we in the top ten. What? what? Did you? Okay. I have a question for you right off the bat. Did you think, like, the eighth time in a row that we lost in the beginning of this season that we would get here by November? Not at all. No. no. I no. did not see this coming. I did not see this coming uh, at all. Uh, by the way, this is episode 107. It is November 24th. Um, You'll be listening to this November 25th when nothing will have changed because they are not playing tonight. Well, other people are, so things might change, but... Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. Because the stars are really fucking good right now. Can't change because the Winnipeg Jets are one point behind them and they are not playing tonight. Yeah! Our goal differential... (laughs) Our differential is plus 11 now. How did that happen? The thing that has impressed me most... There are a couple things that have impressed me most about this turnaround. Number one, credit to Jim Montgomery. I have been extremely impressed with his response to the criticism and to the losing and to the pressure and the whole, like, he's on the hot seat thing, which, frankly, I don't think he was ever really on the hot seat right now. I don't, I don't either. I don't either. It's hard. I mean, it's hard to be, like, be told by the media if you just turn on Center that you might be on the hot seat. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so I am just so fucking impressed. I know we talked about this last time with him tweeting about how he looked at the video and how they were playing a little bit too much to the defense and not doing enough um, to try and create chances. And that has been the difference. Yeah. I mean, straight up, it is a coaching change that has made the difference. That is the number one thing I am impressed by with this turnaround with the Dallas Stars. Um, it doesn't hurt that Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin are playing lights out right now. I watched, I got to watch yesterday's game against the Blackhawks. Kudobin was the entire reason we won for as good oh, as yeah. the stars have been recently, but he yeah. was insanely good. Highlight reel saves, all of that. Um, well, and I mean, but they're not the only reason because I no. was also watching the game when Ben Bishop got pulled after three games of three goals. Uh, and we won 5-4 against the, was that the Oilers? And the Jets, too. We did the kind of a same turnaround-y thing that we yeah. did Yeah, but uh, the Oilers was the one I think I was recapping. Yeah. Because I, I, was, right I honestly was actually really surprised that Sam Kanye was there. I didn't realize he'd been called back up from Bakersfield. Yeah. Oh, my poor babe. Um, but yeah, uh, I that's the one I watched where, yeah, they won 5-4 in overtime, and I was just like... I mean, obviously that wasn't balls out goal goaltending that night, but they still no. were managing to win. Yeah, and then I mean, they're winning every which way right now. Yeah, and that's the greatest part. Ben's found, Jamie Ben has been so. I good mean, recently. I don't know what happened. I do not know what happened, but it is so nice to have him back. <laughs> it is. I think. I think it was partially mental. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean he, clearly, right? Like, yeah, he he is one of those dudes that like really gets in his own head a lot, and he always has been. Like, he's gone on these on these streaks before where it's just like he needs to turn something around in his own brain, and then he'll be fine. But like finding out what that thing is that he needs to turn around is hard for him, I guess. And Tyler Sagan is finding the back of the net again, which is. We like we talked about last time was kind of inevitable, but yeah. again, good to see. I think it was less of a mental thing for him and more of a just a not got to get the monkey off the back. And then yeah. when you hit the when you hit that first goal, all the rest of the goals start coming. <laughs> they just start flowing exactly. But I, for me, I think the other really thing that I've been very very impressed with is top line Justin Dowling. Yes. Who I saw was, that coming? I mean, 100% not me, but I am so happy for him. 
Like, it's the best story. It really, really is. Oh my gosh, that whole thing about his first goal with his whole family being there and like, yeah, I've been really happy with him for him this season. Well, and like I remember us when we were talking the very beginning of the season when um, we had a bunch of those forward injuries. And so, like, he was up and Guryanov was up and a couple other guys were up. And we're like, well, which one are they going to send back down? We were like, Justin Dowling. No one's going to Obviously, him yeah. Way. Right? Yeah. And he's stuck with the team. He's been effective on every line. He earned his way onto the top line just by doing the things that he has always done, whether it was NHL or AHL, which is he is extremely competitive for pucks. He is always kind of dogged about work ethic and that kind of thing. And then to see it start paying off with clicking with Ben and Sagan, I think he was really kind of maybe not like the boost they needed, but it was probably really good for them to see somebody working just as hard as they are. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I freaking love it. I freaking love it. Um, Me dose. So good. Yeah. It's hard to talk about the stars when they're doing so well, too, because it's like, what do we pick apart? Which is funny because we said the same thing when they were doing so poorly. We're like, it's hard to talk about them when they're doing so shittily. Like, I don't know. It's all bad. It's It's all all bad. (laughs) And now it's almost all good. I will say, um, last night, the thing that I really got, I was kind of disappointed in is so, you probably don't watch a lot of Blackhawks hockey. Why would you? But no. they're basically, with the way they have, the talent they have currently, which isn't a whole lot, honestly, they are kind of a run and gun team, right? And so that was kind of the big talking point going into the game and all of that, like trying to limit shots off the rush. The one goal they did score was off the rush. Uh, they did have two goals overturned. <laughs> did they really? Yeah. One of them... One of them, it was a correct call because there was no definitive view of it going over the line, but I think it actually did go over the line. Uh-huh. Um, but af- in the postgame, Dobby was like, no, that thing was under my left leg. I could feel it. Like, um, So I don't know, whatever. But um, And then the second Wait, one indicating was, that it did not go in? Yeah, he was adamant that it hadn't actually gone in, so he, he was pretty confident it was going to get overturned. Um, I mean, what's he going to say? Like, oh, yeah, it definitely right. went over. You know, well, like... so they asked him how confident. The, the question was literally, how confident were you that these goals would be overturned? And oh, okay. for the first one, it was the one that was going over the line. He was like, yeah, I was about 90% confident that would not get overturned. And the second one, he was like, I had no idea because it was a high stick. That was why it got overturned. Oh. Uh... And so he was like, oh, that's their call. <laughs> that's their call. <laughs> it definitely went in. <laughs> um, so I think, I, I felt like it was a pretty trustworthy little interview there but um yeah so i mean it could have come out in a very different way um without those overturns but like he was so good during that but uh, i started the story because the stars were keeping pace with them on a run and gun kind of mood and they were beating them at that game they were better in the neutral zone they were spending a shit ton of time in the offensive zone they were cycling the puck they were able to challenge in the neutral zone, get those turnovers, take advantage of those turnovers, that kind of thing. Again, it was a 1-1 game that we won in a shootout because both goalies were super good. Like, well, and I wasn't... mean, that's that's really the way that their game, their their play has been recently. Like, they've actually been working the neutral zone. They've actually been connecting on passes, stealing pucks, following down, not just dumping and, like, hoping for the best. Well, but what they changed is in the second um, and Sean Shapiro commented on this, and, and I think he thought I was commenting back at him, but I wasn't, it was that the, the coaching staff would probably be actually very disappointed in their play and that they were engaging in this run-and-gun style. Uh-huh. And my whole thing was like, no, you're if you're doing well at it, why would you change the style that you're playing if you're beating the opponent at their game? Yeah. And they did pull back from it, and that's when the game really evened up in both shots and um, XG and things like that. And actually, by the end of the night, I don't remember, I don't think it was actually, I don't think the Stars had an advantage in, in Corsi or in XG. And that's because they pulled back from doing that style in the attempt to slow the game down when they were winning the fast game. And so I think there is still a little bit of reticence to let the players play the way that's so frustrating to me it is it's i think it's hard 
I think it's very hard to let go of that concept that going fast is bad. But, I mean, like, that's just been the star's identity since I started watching them. Mm-hmm. Like, I know. What, what are you even doing? <laughs> well, and, and I think it's because the, the Chicago Blackhawks scored on the rush. If they hadn't scored that one goal on the rush, I don't think anything would have changed. Even if the rush out shot had gotten off, if the goal hadn't gone in, I don't think anything would have changed. Well, it was a little reactionary in my opinion. That's still dumb. <laughs> we do have a question about that neutral zone shit. And I know we talked a lot about it last time, so I'm not going to go over some of the same stuff. But CJ asks, I see y'all and others mention improved neutral zone play as a reason for the early season slump versus the current star's surge. Please explain with numbers preferably. Also would be interested in any other stat explaining the slump versus run. Not accepted. It's clearly Perry. He's 13 and three. <laughs> you know who else? Like, um, somebody pointed out that Haskinen also came back that game. That that Perry came back. I don't remember even Haskinen being out. But No, Gurianov. Yes. I get them confused sometimes. Yes. So it's actually Gurianov probably, and rather than Perry. <laughs> but yeah. And Gurianov did have a good run after that. Yep. Um, so, like I said, I'm not going to go over some of the neutral stuff, zone stuff we talked about last time. Just a quick recap. It's almost impossible to get team-level neutral zone stats um, because they have to be manually tracked. The only person doing them is Corey Schneider, um, and you do have to subscribe to his Patreon. And because he's the only person doing it, pretty much impossible to get it in season. But if you look at XG, and if you look at XG over time, you can see in the beginning of the season that the Stars were actually still very good at XG against. They were playing defense quite well, like they tend to do. XG is, again, kind of a measure that takes shot location into account. So it's higher XGs are much closer to the net, kind of more dangerous shot types a lot of times, but and lower XGs are like shooting from the point and stuff like that. So the Stars, as we all know, very good at generally defending the slot, very the crease, you know, not getting shots off quality shots off however in it is difficult to build up any sort of offensive xg which again you can see this in kind of an overtime um i was looking for this earlier yesterday and i believe nat stat tricks natural stat tricks still has the overtime stats that you can look at and micah's hockey viz has not an xg measure but a just a shots measure that you can look at and that's what i found you can see the increase in XG4 at five on five, that has pretty much everything to do with how they're attacking the neutral zone. I was saying this on Twitter, but part of what makes the neutral zone so important for me is that if you consider the neutral zone your first line of defense, that's where you can create turnovers. And if you create a turnover between the red line and their blue line, you're right fucking there to take an entry. Whereas if you're having if you're pulling all the way back to your zone, you have so much more ice to fight through that they can then try and create turnovers in. So if you're attacking the neutral zone, you're in better position to one, carry the puck in and two, actually make the entry because you're going to have faced so much less pressure to get the, you know, five, 10 feet versus 20 feet. And, but that's why I get so uptight about it. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, as far as like, I think those are the XG would probably be the best stat to look at. And you definitely want to look at overtime because what was it? The Minnesota game is that I, I am crediting the Minnesota game as the turnaround point. That is the absolute turnaround point. Well, that's the, that's the, the game where Jamie Ben said, I just didn't, I wasn't going <laughs> to, I mean, I don't know basically. if they said it out loud, but that was clearly what they were going for. The <laughs> implication. Fuck yeah. That. We are not losing to Minnesota. <laughs> Which, good. I didn't want them yeah. to lose to Minnesota yeah. either. Did you see... I don't think you did, because I think it happened while you were out yesterday. The 200-foot goal Tori Krug scored to win the game for Boston. No. I'm pretty confident no. that Minnesota has to give up their statehood. <laughs> like, it was filthy. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, that's amazing. Google it. Yeah, Google it. <laughs> oh, I will definitely go to, well, I mean, I can go to, I can go to NHL.com right now and yeah. watch it. 
if you'd like. Marin reacts. Marin reacts. Impromptu. Oh, God. For a minute there, I was like, <laughs> I couldn't find the game. It was taking me a while. He scored a 200-foot goal on the backhand. To Tori Krug, halfway through over. Now, they even had a set play on that face-off win, but Krug didn't get much on it on that direct, indirect pass to Marshall. Krug takes it. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's embarrassing. Holy shit. Two goals in 38 seconds at the end of the third. Wow, that is just embarrassing. At least they were actually in Boston, I guess. God. Oh, oh, man. Oh, I can't even watch that anymore. It's too embarrassing. I'm, like, getting second-hand embarrassing. Embarrassing embarrassment for Staylock. Whew! That is... That was a goal. Well, other things that make us go, whoo, whoo, that new Dallas Stars calendar. <laughs> I still haven't actually haven't seen the whole either. thing. But what we have seen, it's horny. This is the, like. It's very horny. At our friend Holly. I mean, they're just giving the people what they want. Like, that's that's absolutely. I'm not complaining. (laughs) (laughs) Lest you think I am complaining about this. I am not. Our friend Holly, Holly Hall, she was on the the podcast last summer. Uh, Not this past summer, but summer before. Summer of guests. The summer of guest stars. She, you know, volunteered to go pick up calendars for us if we wanted to, because uh, she's, you know, season ticket holder. And did she get? Uh, did I she did get not order one because I have nowhere to hang up a calendar except work. And I asked, "Oh, could I have this at work?" And she was like, "No, <laughs> you definitely cannot um, have January or November at work." <laughs> See, I have a very good many number of walls <laughs> yeah, in my not, house. Yeah, I do Actually, I have a lot of doors, a lot of windows, and a lot of art. Um, so I am, I was just like, oh, it's that kind of calendar. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah, about time is yeah. all I'm saying. So things we've learned about the Dallas Stars from that calendar. Uh, Jason Dickinson. Not just pretty in the face. See, I literally haven't... I haven't seen any of it. (gasps) Oh, man. Okay. Well, then I will... No more spoilers. Okay. No more spoilers. I I saw one shot of Jamie Benn with two ropes, and that was it. That's all I've seen. And when images start circulating, we'll put that in as a Marin Reacts. Okay. How about that? Or maybe we'll get Holly to, like, email me some images that I can then forward to you next time we record. Excellent. Okay. Well, Jason asks, not of damn it, Jason fame, better calendar. Whatever the stars have now, aka the horniest calendar, or 12 months of Jamie Ben making cow faces at Muro Heiskounen, the actual, like, stars calf. Right. So, um,. I, without even having seen this, am actually going to probably say the 12 months of Jamie Ben making cow faces, because that's just his actual face. <laughs> I don't know if any of you are aware, but Jamie Ben just has a cow face. So I was a little sad last night that it wasn't like a Jamie Ben pops off night, because I was doing a bit where I was live tweeting, but I was also doing reaction images that I had saved from my screenshots of Duolingo. And uh, one of them was, I need another cow. <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Uh... <laughs> I always need another cow. We always need another cow. Oh, uh, he's so... so funny. And so cow-like. If he was a cow, what kind of cow do you think he would be? Oh, black and white jersey. Big dumb eyes. Are jerseys? I thought jerseys were like tan. Am I wrong? They come in many colors. Oh, okay. Well, the calendar wasn't the only thing that got released since our last podcast. 
also happening was a the winter classic contro jersey contro jersey instead of controversy oh uh, <laughs> wow it's a jersey controversy come on <laughs> sorry did not follow basically they didn't have enough yeah but at least they're nice. You've already got yours, right? I've already gotten mine, yeah. Not only did they not have enough, but, like, they had very, very limited number of players that you could get on the back of them. And, like, no real... There was no way to get it authentically personalized before the actual game. And as far as I know, that is actually still true. Well, but at least they're nice. They are very nice. I I talked to somebody yesterday uh who was very um judgmental about them and i was like i don't she she was just saying that there were so many places the stars could have gone um that and she thought that they were boring and i was like see my take on this is different i have seen so many bad winter classic and stadium jerseys that like i was really excited that this one was remotely something that i would put on my body yeah. Well, so that's the other thing. I think, I feel like both the Stars and Preds, and I really, I really appreciate, I actually like the Preds jerseys too. I like ours way better, but I like the Preds jerseys. Mm-hmm. I liked that they do look really old. Yeah. They look old school. I mean, they have the modern colors and all of that, but like the the logos, and they match, like they match in that heritage kind of feel. Yep vintagey feel so i really like the aesthetic yeah but speaking of bad jerseys we got our first glimpse of the stadium series jerseys as well uh this is the game that would be played between the avalanche and the la kings here in colorado (laughs) and the abs jerseys got leaked first and if you haven't seen them, it's kind of like a white A that's a little bit like a mountain, but it goes all the way up to the collar, and then it's got like the blue underneath and the burgundy on top. And, I you know I don't the collar. I don't love them, but I don't I don't hate them. They're fine. I don't like them, but I get what they were trying to do. I just don't think their designer gra- like got it right. No, I I I respect the concept. I respect the concept. I would never. I mean, I wouldn't put an Avalanche jersey on my body anyway. But I don't think right. I. I don't think I would buy that. If you were an Avs fan, I'd still pass. Yeah. Right. Yeah. They've got better jerseys. They do. <laughs> than that. They one. do. I mean, but, I really like the one they have that has the triangle with the C in it. I thought yes. that one was really cool. And especially like. Texans are probably, like, the most about their state flag of anybody um, I've ever lived in yep. any state. I've lived in a couple states now. Yep. That is true and accurate. And as Col- it should be, our state flag is the best. Colorado's probably number two. Really? The amount of... and it, But there, it's that C specifically. That C with the red and the yellow. That uh. is fucking everywhere. Is that part and, of their state um, flag? Yes. See, I don't. If you if you would ask me to pick a state flag out of a lineup, I never would have been able to. So, I mean, I just know mine is better. Yes. Okay. And who? <laughs> um. I mean, you yeah. live there. I do, and I thought you know how like some things are very iconic, but they aren't actually like the official state whatever. Yes. This is the official state, whatever. Excellent. Glad to hear <laughs> I it. I just checked. <laughs> the Colorado, so, so it's everywhere. That C is the Colorado state flag. They could have done a little more with that. Blah, 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 blah. Yesterday, we got our first glimpse of the LA Kings. It is series. so shameful. Like, whoever designed that should just feel an overwhelming amount of shame. It looks like, A, it looks like the bad part of the 90s. Yes. Like, it looks like it's trying to capitalize on 90s nostalgia. Which I get, I mean, isn't that when they, when were they founded? 
Uh, I think in the 90s. I think you're right. I know the ducks were like 93. L.A. King found it. Yeah. Oh, no. No. When? Yes. It's much earlier than 1990. The 70s? February 19, February 9th, 1966. Wow. Is this what their jerseys looked like? No wonder they were shit. <laughs> I feel like even in the 60s, the jerseys would be better than that. It, somebody said it looked like a roller hockey jersey. Yeah. It looks like, like. I feel beer. like even it the roller beer-y. girls would be, uh, like, ashamed to be wearing that. Oh, no, no, not roller girls. No, like I know. Roller just, hockey. Like, on. I, I cannot. Like, if you. Per- I really want to hear from a Kings fan that legitimately likes this and wants to purchase it and wear it to a game. Like, yeah. I would I would just like to have a conversation with you about what life is like in your brain. Holy fuck. Do you know who's coaching the Kings right now? No. Todd McClellan. Really? I. Jesus, I don't know shit about the LA Kings anymore. No. They're also trying to buy, they're, they put, oh fuck, what's his name? On waivers. Uh, uh, Russian, had a really big contract, used to play for the Devils, big controversy around the contract. Kovalchuk? Oh, they did? They put him on waivers? Yeah, unconditional waivers. Wow. Yeah, like, the between, they're severing that tie. <laughs> Sounds like, jeez. Kings are, there's some stuff happening for the Kings. But okay, okay, so yes, if you are an Avs fan, or a Kings fan. No, the jerseys in the, in the 60s. Had a had a crown on the cover in front of them. They their colors were yellow and blue, and there was a crown. Or maybe that's purple. I can't. Tell. I think it's purple because they've done throwbacks in that. Okay. Purple. Well, yeah, it had a crown on it. It wasn't way better. Way way fucking better. I don't get it. I don't get this. But if you're a Kings fan or an Avs fan and you genuinely like these jerseys. Hit us up at Depart Hockey or at DeepartHockey at gmail.com and tell us why. I mean, I am I am not going to throw as much shade at these Colorado folks because that, it's not, for me, not great, but also, like, not. They tried something. They tried. There was an effort made here, right? There was there's something. an interesting idea. It's just not executed perfectly. But there was an effort made. With the Kings, there was, like, legitimately zero fucking effort. I don't get it. I don't, I like, if I turned this into my boss, I would be embarrassed. But, like, <laughs> I, I wouldn't have to in this instance because the boss was like, yeah, that's fine. And, like, now I'm just embarrassed for the entire organization putting this bullshit out there and being like, yeah, this is our Stadium Series jersey. Please give us $300. Like, are you shitting me? Like, legitimately... Is this a joke? So yeah, if you like it, tell me why. I mean, this is such a hostile segment. You you do not actually have to come into our mentions and tell us then justify your life. Um, I if you feel like it, I promise I will not be mean to your face. Yeah. <laughs> Behind your face, maybe. I will not talk about you specifically anywhere. I'm just going to continue to talk about how ugly I think these jerseys are. It's not even that they're ugly. Like, I mean, they aren't great, but, like, they're just so nothing. No, okay, they're no, Car- so Carolyn, Carolyn, they are ugly. They are ugly, and they're also boring as shit. <laughs> There's not one thing about this jersey that is good. Other than Man, the fact that I... it covers your bits. I wish I watched more, like, Oscar movies so I could turn that into a pop culture joke. Too bad. Ugly and boring as shit. Yeah. <laughs> it is. It is ugly and boring as shit. Okay, hang on. I'm gonna look at it again. I just I'm looking at it right now. I know. I'm I'm looking at it again. Right? I Yeah, it's just not good. It's just not good. What are they even doing here? This looks like some project runway season one bullshit. Yeah. Okay. That is, that is, I mean, that's just, 
I hope, I mean, I don't know how many of these they've already ordered and how many have been made and all that kind of stuff, but, like, now that it's been leaked and literally everybody has been, like, giving them shit about it, I really hope it's, like, Sonic the Hedgehog and they go back to the drawing board and make a new one. <laughs> Even if it's just something that they're, like, sexier. shit, okay, now we just need to add some shit to this big old white patch of boring. Boob window. Boob Wixed window. It. Please, yeah, please make a nipple window. That's what I actually need is a nipple window. Just a cutout or like a, a transparent part for the abs to show through. Yeah. Oh, okay. That would also. I mean, like, I don't think that their nipples would actually show because most of them are wearing they under got chest armor. Protectors. But yeah, no, their abs would show. Make them all cutoffs. Just like <laughs> that. That's what you need to do. If you want a 90s vibe, you gotta go. You, you just gotta cut off all of that white bit. Cut off all the white bit, make the numbers smaller, bam. Now you've got, now you've really got something. We fixed it. You want to go for a roller hockey vibe? You know what you need you to do. You know exactly what you need to do. Oh, it's cold in Colorado? I don't give a shit. Sacrifice for fashion. <laughs> Girls have been doing it for centuries. Oh my God. <laughs> Speaking of, I was at... I'll tell you about why later, but I was at Kirby Lane at three o'clock in the morning this morning and, uh, it was the one on campus. It was the one on Guadalupe on oh, campus. No. It was the only one that was around us that's open 24 hours because apparently the one on Kirby Lane closes at 10 PM, whatever. Anyway, we were there at three o'clock in the morning and it was us three olds and nothing, nothing as far as the eye could see, but college students. And first of all, <laughs> The 80s slash early 90s have come back in a big way. Everybody was wearing gold lame, and it was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. And, okay, um, like, every single girl, it was 40-something degrees last night, because it got cold at night. And, yeah, they were, none of them, none of them were wearing appropriate clothing. And I was like, ugh, oh, I'm, so, I'm aching for you. <laughs> Get older <laughs> so you stop caring. Ugh, man. It was, I was like, all of you are going to get sick. This is terrible. When did I turn into my mother? <laughs> but anyway, sacrifice for fashion like these college girls do on Saturday night. Anyway, have some balls. Seriously. Twinkle, twinkle, little stars. Stars. How I wonder what you. Charts. Charts. Today on Stars Charts, I am getting my horoscopes from somewhere I might have gotten them before, but I don't recognize the site, uh, astrologyking.com. None of us are really terribly worried about where you're getting them from. I know, but I like doing a new one every time, give some, spread the love, you know. Uh, we could join over 8,000 other subscribers to Astrology King's newsletter if you want. I mean, you can sign up to eat her hockey if you want, and I'll just delete them along with the athletic. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, sorry. I mean, I love you, athletic, but I don't need to get your digest every damn day. I can probably turn that setting off. I just haven't. We could definitely turn that setting off. I also have to do that on, like, my fucking Pinterest, like, notifies me. I'm like, I don't care. Yeah. I don't care. But we do care about how the week is going to go down for our beloved Starzies. Who are we reading their horoscope to? I would like to first go for Anton Hudobin since he played such a baller-ass game yesterday. Okay, and what is his birthday? He is a Taurus. Ooh. Oh, Ooh, this is fun. I don't think we have done this site before because Taurus Weekly Horoscope, November 25th through December 1st, Monday and Tuesday. Oh, wow. He gets this real is specific. real specific. Disruption and nervous irritability could upset the routine of your life, especially if anger and frustration have been building for some time. Impulsiveness and disregard of tradition could lead you to break free of your responsibilities and obligations. So think twice before lashing out and to use some tact and strategy before reacting to provocation. Then you can find the freedom from restrictions that you so strongly desire. Wednesday to Sunday is good for studying and catching up on your paperwork and bills. 
Sustained mental work will not seem so boring as usual. Good concentration and attention to detail mean you will not make mistakes. You will get things done neatly and on time. Although you may not be feeling particularly sociable, this is a good Taurus weekly horoscope for making important decisions and for serious discussions. Excellent. You know who else is a Taurus? Who? Corey Perry. <laughs> so we just did two, 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 and one. Uh, the Astrology King also gives us a weekly horoscope tarot. Oh. Which for the Taurus is Eight of Cups. Okay. Good to know. What does the Eight of Cups mean? Eight of Cups often means that you will choose to leave a situation that is no longer working for you, whether it's a relationship, job, or a neighborhood. Man, if Corey Perry wants to walk away from the stars, yes, please. <laughs> oh, he just celebrated a, hundred, a thousand games with them. Sounds like a good time to retire. <laughs> you are Who's next? old. Uh, Justin Dowling. Let's do him. He's a Libra. Good old Libras. Libra. Monday to Friday. You should feel a boost to your confidence, strength, and courage. This is an excellent Libra weekly horoscope for physical activities like exercise, manual labor, and competitive like sports and business. Excellent. Well, check that one. He went out of the game. He didn't play in the third period. Yikes. Uh, so I hope it's just a, a short thing. Personal relationships, especially those of an intimate nature, will benefit from your extra warmth charm and charisma your sex drive will be strong oh. and others will find you more sexually attractive oh, than normal wow oh baby darling baby number two. Oh wow oh wow 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 saturday and sunday increased emotional sensitivity allows you to more easily make close emotional attachment to attachments to other people this is a good weekend to enjoy reminiscing about the past with family members this is also a good weekend to share your feelings through written or spoken words your openness and understanding promote genuine friendship that's a good thanksgiving that is what's his tarot uh the four of swords a card that signifies a break or a need from a for a break from normal life <gasps> well he did get injured i mean he did leave the yeah Good. Did leave the game. I mean, all right. So the next one I want to do is Miro Haskinen for a particular reason. And that particular reason is that he is currently number 10 in the NHL for plus minus. <laughs> my, He's a cancer, right? My favorite stat. Yes, he and Jamie Benn share a birthday. That's right. I knew he was a cancer, but I couldn't remember how I knew he yeah, was that. They share a birthday. 10 years apart. <laughs> I fucking bet Jamie fucking loves that. I'm sure he does. <laughs> Remember how old we feel when we hear about this shit? Jamie has to hear about it every year. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I love it. I love it. The only the only sad part about that is that it's in the middle of the off season, so they might they are probably not like together when this happens. Oh. He just has to get it through text message, which he can ignore. If it were like in the locker room, man, that would be so good. It would be so good. All right, Cancer Weekly Horoscope. This also happens to be me. Monday and Tuesday. You might find it hard to settle and relax, feeling tense and anxious. <laughs> Did you mean uh, every day? Uh, a build up of <laughs> A buildup of nervous energy in your system can feel exciting, but also a little scary. If you have been restricted or bored lately, you will seek more freedom and creative self-expression. It is important to be flexible and adapt to changing conditions. Try to go with the flow and fit in. Wednesday to Sunday is good for anything requiring clear thinking, good judgment, and concentration. Wins. Business negotiations are favored, especially long-term investments and real estate. Whether personal or professional in nature, the discussions you have this Cancer Weekly horoscope will likely be of a serious nature. That's a weird sentence. That is. The people you interact with may be much older or younger than yourself. <laughs> you mean, not your exact age. <laughs> what in the world? You will come across as knowledgeable and respected. Nice. Cancer Weekly Horoscope Tarot. The Six of Pentacles 
is often a sign of a turn for the better, particularly with regard to money. I'll take that. Uh, go ahead and read that Leo one just for me. Okay. Monday to Friday brings sensitivity, intuition, creativity, and imagination. Your thoughts and communications turn to spiritual topics, mysteries, the occult, and secrets. Oh. Valuable insights can be gained through meditation, dreaming, and psychic perception. Do you have something to tell me, Marin? Not right now. Although I did have a dream about um, Matt Mercer earlier today. <laughs> he was making fun of me for something. Oh, it was it was it was more like you know friendly teasing than like meh, 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 you know. But yeah, that's good. Yeah, uh, you can share those insights through compassionate, supportive, and selfless words. This is a good Leo weekly horoscope for watching movies, listening to music, and generally relaxing. Oh, nice. I plan to do all of those things. Saturday and Sunday bring the courage and initiative to make the first move and take the lead. You will intuitively know what you want and how to get it, especially in relationships. This is a great weekend to ask someone out on a date or and to act on your instincts. You can be direct and assertive without looking bossy or rude, and will gen- actually be am- admired for your honesty and sincerity. Well, I don't plan on asking anybody out on a date, but what is my card? Your card is the Emperor. Mm. It shows us that domination of the mind over the heart is sometimes not wanted, but in some cases it is necessary and an even welcomed. All right. Okay. Fun. Well, Marin, I know you have a particularly good happy thing. I do. Why don't you kick us off? Okay. So my happy thing actually started last weekend. Um, I don't know how many of you guys are familiar with Critical Role, but um, it is a weekly D&D game played by a bunch of nerdy-ass voice actors uh, in L.A. I, my fr- a friend of mine and I knew that there was a live show coming to Austin, so we had talked about getting tickets, and there were two levels you could get. You could get VIP or you could get regular admission, and so I really wanted the VIP, but I didn't know if he wanted it because he was getting married in two weeks, and it was like, you know, they are spending a lot of money on a lot of things, so... I didn't want to, you know, make him do the VIP passes if he didn't want to afford them. So he was, like, looking at it, and he was like, yeah, I think I'm just going to get the regular ones. And I was like, oh, that's fine. You know, secretly very sad, but outwardly very, like, very understanding. Uh, and so he purchased the tickets, and I just paid him back because, you know, he had he was at his computer at the time. Whatever. Various reasons. So last weekend, he and his fiance came over to my house, and um, they were going over wedding things because I'm actually performing their ceremony. And he was like, yeah, and so I just want to let you know, like, as a thank you for helping us out with all of this stuff, uh, I went ahead and I I actually had purchased the uh, VIP tickets. So we got the VIP tickets, which uh, included early admission, um, a QA and a session with the entire cast, and a grab bag of fun things. So... Then we went last night. Uh, they picked me up. Like just, just so you have an idea, if you've never played this, uh, watched this before, like their weekly sessions go three or four hours. Their one shots go four or five hours. So like we were, we got. I left my house at four forty-five. We got there five. Q and A started at six. Uh, it went an hour. Um, we had an hour to like stand in line and get food, um, which we scarfed down in ten minutes and then went back inside because then the whole thing started at eight p.m. Um, they did a short intermission at like, I want to say like 1030 or so. And the thing ended at 1am. Yeah. That's ridiculous. <laughs> and which is ridiculous. And then we were starving cause we'd eaten like a very small amount of food like seven hours ago. So we went to, um, uh, Kirby lane with a, uh, which is how I ended up at Kirby lane at three o'clock in the morning. But, um, it was. I don't want to give any spoilers because they're not showing this episode till next Friday, but it was so much fun. I laughed hysterically on so many occasions. It was just, it was the best. It was just the best. Like everybody brought their A games. It was so funny. Like there was not one character where I was like, okay, I could deal with a little less of that one. Like they were all hilarious. Um, yeah, the whole thing was just so, so, so good. Um, and if you're familiar with, like, the first season, it, it was, it was the Terry and Darrington Brigade. So, like, you know, Sam was, like, this is not a spoiler, Sam was playing Terry and Darrington. Um, but, like, the rest of them were, like, these people trying to join his brigade. And 
Oh, God, it was so funny. Travis in particular, every time he opened his mouth, I could not. I just, I need to watch it back now because I know I missed so much stuff from laughing. Like, it was so good. I'm very excited to hear it. I listen only to the podcast. I don't watch it, but like. Yeah, I love these guys. I it is entirely possible that you're gonna hear me laughing because I was like screaming <laughs> with laughter sometimes. Well, like, if they listen to this podcast, they will know what to listen for. <laughs> I yeah, it was oh god, it was so funny, so funny. And the, the, the really cool thing too is like people at this thing were just all really nice to each other. Like you, these nerds would walk in in these like outfits, like. You know, head to toe, like, painted everywhere because they were trying to be, like, Jester or Ford or, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, th- everybody was so cool. They were, like, you know, like, hey, let me get a picture. Like, you guys look so great. Like, everybody was hugging each other. Like, people people who came by themselves because they didn't have other friends in a critical role would sit down next to the other people would come back next with by themselves. And they'd just, like, they'd be friends by the end of the show. Like, it was just so... It was such a cool environment. It was really fun. And my grab bag... Included a giant D20, um, a pin of a chibi um, jester, <gasps> and a, a poster of, like, all of the characters from last night. That's cool. Yeah, so all of that was cool. And then I also purchased a live show exclusive set of metal dice. Very cool. I am so ready to play some more D&D. Uh, well, my happy thing is D&D related, too. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> Um, I honestly, like, my last week was, like, kind of shitty for me because I was, like, sick and exhausted and, like, I didn't even work out. Like, I was just so fucking tired. But, um, the thing that has brought me a lot of joy recently is our podcast, Mirth and Misadventure. And we have been playing some really fucking fun (laughs) deity. Yeah. Yeah. I, if I hadn't gone to this thing, yesterday's game would have been my happy thing because it was a really good one. It was so fun. Um, the session before I had felt kind of bad about it was kind of like a, it ended on a weird, not like a weird note, but like a tense note. And um, like, I don't know. It was one of those things where it's like, I, I, I'm such a nervous DM that like it, when I can't full on prepare for something or don't know what to prepare for something, I get like very kind of nervous but like i don't know i think that game in particular i can't fucking prepare for anything because we do the randomest bullshit yes you guys do the randomest ass bullshit but it's no, so funny and it's such a joy to play and listen to you guys be sh- fucking silly and, yeah and like recently like i don't know okay i think we're in some sort of shady podcast cabal because i got a couple weeks ago i got this random dm i have open dms from a dude on twitter whose name was like dj anonymous never fucking heard of this guy but he had like twenty five thousand followers and he was like hey drop me a link of your favorite podcast you want to get or fa- of a favorite episode of your podcast you want to get more ears on i assumed he like he i assumed he was like from anchor or like affiliated with anchor which is what we host on Um, because he mentioned that specifically and I was like, okay. So I sent him the link of our first part one and then like over fucking night, we got hundreds of downloads and I cannot figure out where they're coming from. I'm not seeing any more people talking about it on Twitter. I'm not seeing like new reviews or being put on best of lists or that sort of thing. We've got a couple more reviews on Apple, which is great because those are where people find us. Shout out for this podcast too. Uh, yeah, feel free to do any of that for this for any of our podcasts. But our numbers have shot up overnight. We're actually they're still rising. We're up to uh, almost a hundred listeners per episode at this point, which oh my god is t- double where we were like a week and a half ago. And I'm just really excited about it. And I love that podcast. So I love and I love that story. And I love the characters. And I'm just so excited that other people are starting to find it too. And and really enjoy it. And so I guess that's my happy thing. It is so fun. Like, not funny, haha, but, like, funny, like, interesting for me to hear you say that that podcast makes you nervous. <laughs> because, like, I always, I feel, like, from a player's perspective, I feel like I am walking around in a circle all the time with my head jammed up my ass. <laughs> I have 
no idea. I have no idea what's going on. I think we're probably like, like, I know that where we are is not actually in the mountains. I'm assuming it's on a coastline somewhere, but like, I don't know how to like figure that out in game because we kept failing all of our wisdom checks that one time we found like peers, you know, like, I'm just like, I have no, no fucking clue what's going on at all. And I'm just like, how can this at all be interesting to listen to? Like these three people who are like, oh, no, let's just wander over here. So yeah, it's, it's, it's a little ridiculous. So, yeah, I feel like I am the most unprepared every time we do anything. Cause, so the fact that you are like this, that as well, it's just funny to me. I think I, you have to think about it this way, Marin. You're in a mystery, right? How these, when you think about a murder mystery, all detectives run around for most of the season until the end when everything is made clear. That's true. And you guys have That's... found some stuff. Like you're not you're not wrong about a lot of stuff. You're not right about everything, but you're not wrong about a lot of stuff. Well, apparently I was wrong about being a criminal, so <laughs> cuz if I actually was, I would have been proficient at deception and I wasn't. So I know that that is not a thing. <sighs> Do you want to see listener questions? We should probably get some listener questions in here. Yeah, let's. I mean, we did two already, but yes, we'll do the rest of them. Okay. Do you want me to do it first or you? It doesn't matter with this week. Yeah, it doesn't really. Okay. Uh, Susanna asks, who on the Dallas Stars is most likely to have ritually sacrificed the Texas Stars season so they could go on their winning streak? Justin Dowling. Absolutely. Absolutely Justin Dowling. Like, and I think he's also... There's no question. Pragmatic enough to be like, NHL team success, NHL team success, NHL team. He basically has guaranteed himself that he gets to play in the Winter Classic. Yeah. For an AHL yeah. lifer, basically, to get play, go play in the Winter Classic. And he's actually one of those guys that had a chance to leave the Texas Stars because, you know, again, he signed basically to an AHL contract. And he was like, no, no, I'm going to stick it out with because I like the team. I like Austin. I like all of that. And I still want my shot at the NHL. But he might have had a better shot at the NHL elsewhere. Mm-hmm. And But he just chose to stick around and potentially just play for the AHL team for the rest of his career. You know, I really like what that says about, like, the organization. Mm-hmm. Because he could have gone elsewhere, but he chose not to because he likes Austin. He likes the team. You know, like, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just I just like that. Yeah. He's a great guy, too. Like, I've never heard a bad word yeah. about Justin Dowling. No, me neither. Me neither. Uh, I think, yeah. Because the only other real option is Gurianov. And I just, I frankly, I don't think he could pull it off. No. Making that kind of deal with a devil. No. Dowling, for sure. For sure. All right. Taylor Baird asks, Debate. The meat-filled kolaches you love so much are not actually kolaches. Kolaches are fruit-filled pastries. Klobaspnik is a meat-filled pastry, uh, is what a meat-filled pastry is known as, is known as in Czech. She wrote it correctly. I said it wrong. So... We discussed this a little bit prior to beginning recording, and neither one of... I don't have any strong feelings about this. Because, first of all, Klobosnik is what they call it at Check Stop. And, therefore, I knew that this was actually what they were called. So, I knew that people called them this. Because <laughs> as soon as I said that, I was like, I already know that Carolyn disagrees. So, why don't you, why don't you take it away, Carolyn? I don't disagree. In, in a sense. Klobasnik is obviously what they are called in Czech. Like they are, they are called two different things. However, I think there, this is a, the literal problem of descriptivism versus prescriptivism. And to me, this is actually a very, very interesting area of language to be in. And in fact, there was an, a thread going around about emotional labor and the definition of emotional labor recently that had this exact same issue. And the, the, 
that one was that emotional labor was officially first defined in 1863 as such and such and such and was only prescribed to women who do service jobs such as uh, waitresses and you know other service jobs now we use it completely differently and that's wrong and prescriptivism is about sticking to the literal definition but it does not allow for the evolution of language and descriptivism is about using words as they are is about defining words as they are commonly used like the whole literally figuratively thing Mm -hmm. so i think in my view of language and especially the more and more i see it on the internet and the more we watch language evolve in large part because of the internet and the usage of the internet i mean who the fuck knew what a meme was 25 years ago unless you've read fucking i don't know the illuminati or wherever that fucking word came from you know what i mean like the evolution of a word I think has to be allowed in our modern society, especially as more societies communicate with each other. And so for me, while technically kloboskinsk is what a meat-filled pastry, a Czech meat-filled pastry is called, I think in the Texan culture, it is commonly accepted that a kolachi can have both a fruit filling or a meat filling. And I think that's fine because that is an evolution in a specific culture of a word that used to mean a different thing and now means something else. Happens all the time. And it doesn't bother It does. Me. No, it doesn't. Uh, my dad had a hard time with that one um, on the nauseous versus nauseated thing. Uh-huh. Because nauseous um, means that you make other people sick or something makes other people sick if it's nauseous. Right. Yes. But nauseated means that you feel sick. Mm-hmm. So... But that is not, like, so many people were using it incorrectly that it just became common parlance. And my dad has been fighting that fight for, like, a very, very long time. Uh, So, yeah, no, definitely. It's cool. I don't really have, again, I don't have strong feelings about this. I do think it, well, if you like language, you should follow the Merriam-Webster account on I love the Merriam-Webster account. It's so good. It's so good on many levels. But there was a cool one today. Egregious used to mean exceptional. Because it comes from a root that means basically to stand out from the herd. And it used to mean egregious used to be a good thing. And over time, it has evolved into being a bad thing. That's fucking language for you man the literal meaning of a word completely did a 180 over time it's okay it's a thing that happens and at some point you just kind of have to accept it and marvel at the ways in which language changes i don't know i fucking love language it's so cool (laughs) it's definitely interesting for shiz gosh we have a lot of debate questions here uh, do you want to go ahead and ask the next one? Because we might have some different opinions on both of these. What is the best sign for a hockey coach to have? That comes from Andrew Cool for Too Cool for Cali, LA. I am going to go with a Taurus. I honestly... I didn't see this beforehand. I don't really know what characteristics of a lot of these are. So I'm going to read, real quick, a chart. <laughs> I think a Taurus might be a little too inflexible, but I want it. It needs to be, I think, an Earth sign. I think and I would not go Cancer or Leo. Absolutely not. With me as a Cancer I would not and go, you as a Leo? Fuck no. <laughs> I, would not, I would not go Virgo either. I think an Aries would be good. Adventurous and energetic, pioneering and courageous, enthusiastic and confident, and dynamic and quick-witted. Yeah, I just think that that's also a little too impulsive. I mean, that is one of their bad characteristics, but the bad characteristic of a Taurus would be resentful and inflexible. That's and what I was going to say. I think they can maybe be a little too stubborn. Yeah, I think that, I, I don't know what that that's the right way to go. about Capricorn? Yeah, because, I mean, being fatalistic as <laughs> a bad characteristic. It's probably fine as long as you're still putting players in. <laughs> I would say no on Pisces. Maybe. I would also say no on Aquarius. I don't know. I could say maybe Aquarius. 
I think maybe they're they're. I think that might be one of the more innovative coaches that you could get is an Aquarius. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I could see that too. I could see that too. What is Jim Montgomery? Ooh, he's a cancer. <laughs> oh shit. He is. He is. Oh, it was his 50th birthday today. Happy birthday. Ooh, what's Mike Babcock? I can't believe we didn't talk about Mike oh Babcock. Oh my God. I can't believe we didn't talk about Mike Babcock. Well, maybe cancer is a good one. April 29th is Mike Babcock. Oh, so he's an Aries. No, he's not an Aries. He's right after Aries. He's a Taurus. Well, then I'm wrong. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. I think Aries. I think Aries or um, Capricorn. I'm a big fan of cancer ain't so bad. Cancer ain't so bad. (laughs) I wonder if there are any Leo. I don't want to go through the entire NHL and Google their birthdays, but I wonder if there are any Leo. I wonder what, um, oh, what's our god name? Ralph Kruger is. Oh, let's find out. He is a Leo. No, he's not <gasps> a Leo. He's a Virgo. <laughs> oh, God, you have me so excited so, for like I, two seconds. It's August 31st, not August 21st. Sorry. Oh. So close. Fine. So close. That's fine. <laughs> oh, I love him. I love him. <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's all we have for you today. Unless we want to talk about Mike Babcock. 30 seconds I mean, on Mike Babcock? Let's do 30 seconds on Mike Babcock. Honestly, the best thing about Mike Babcock for me has been Mike Commodore. <laughs> <laughs> Although, I don't know if you saw, like, I don't know if he took this photo or if somebody took this photo and sent it to him, but he posted a photo of Mike Babcock packing up a truck. And I was a little, I was, I was made a little uncomfortable by that. Yeah. I, I mean, because I pretty much guarantee he didn't take it. I don't think he's in Toronto, but yeah, that's a little bit of a privacy breach right there. It's, it really is. It's, it's, it's very stalkery, but like, holy shit, his whole, I mean, I knew that I knew he didn't like Mike Babcock, but like, this has been amazing. <laughs> like. All of his tweets about, you know, fuck you, Babs, have been great. <laughs> I, I'm very really, fun from an outsider perspective. I'm really enjoying watching Leaf's Twitter, like, self congratulate. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, they're kind of leaving everybody else alone right now, which is nice. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. there's that. I think it's very funny. I think I think my my big cons- my big problem is aside from Mike Commodore is no one made very good jokes. None. There were none. I mean, I found like five or six, but there should have been like twenty jokes. If my- Jim Montgomery had gotten fired after the start we had, we would have had all the jokes. We would have. We would. So many fucking jokes. It kind of makes me wonder about Mike Babcock though, because like. Mike Commodore had a lot to say about this, but uh, I mean, also said that like the he had lost the room basically, and like the reaction from Leafs players kind of like le- leads me to believe that that's actually the case. I would not be surprised and, if that was actually the case. Yeah, and I'm just kind of like, is he not as good of a coach as we got kind of all assumed? Or um, probably. I think yeah. I think there's that. I mean, I think. Coaching is so hard to evaluate in the NHL. Yeah, no, it is. Absolutely. I think the other thing about Babcock is he was on a very good Leafs team, or not Leafs team, uh, Red Wings team for a very long time. Mm -hmm. And so when there's a little bit of a conflation there between talent and coaching, and that clearly played into his hiring at the Leafs. And I think also the, the big thing kind of like with the stars is that he came in and was like i want to play defense this year we're gonna play defense we're not and i mean the drop in the leafs offense was precipitous and they are one of the best goal scoring teams like just from a pure shooter talent mm-hmm. austin matthews is actually one of the top two it's uh, austin matthews and Connor mcdavid are the top two goal scoring talents in the nhl right now just pure sniping ability and the fact that, like, they couldn't get any offense going because they were too focused on something else 
it kind of shows it, it kind of like the same complaint I had about Montgomery is that they're focusing on the wrong thing in the modern NHL. And it's potentially because he was so used to working with other kinds of talent and he was so rigid in the way he wanted to work. And that might have worked 10, 12 years ago with different players, but it clearly didn't work there. So it may be a, just a bad fit. It may be that he got left behind a little bit in his coaching tactics. It, or it just may be that he rode the coattails of Nick Lindstrom, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah, I mean, yep. There's that. But, yes, if you have any good Babcock Fire jokes, send them our way. We love that shit. I did just find... Paul Bissonnette's tweet about it, which was just that gif of um, Jason Momoa walking up behind somebody and, like, flinging that, like, folding chair out so he could go sit down to, like, watch the craziness unfold. <laughs> yes. Which I just absolutely love. I, that gif is one of my favorite gifs. It's so good. It really, really very much is. <laughs> And that's all we have for you today. <laughs> yes. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Classlicity. I am at Marinish. And you can find our official Twitter at Deep Heart Hockey. And so, again, if you're an Avs fan or an LA Kings fan, uh, send us your opinions on those jerseys, especially if you actually want one. Um, you can also email us at deeparthockey at gmail.com. And you can find our blog at deeparthockey.wordpress.com. <laughs> yeah, it's the same. Same as it always has been. <laughs> yeah, whatever. <laughs> whatever. It's fine. Bye. Bye. <laughs>